So uh, joining me in the studio uh, this week is Danny McMahon. And it's great to have you here. Another fantastic UK artist uh, on the country scene, which is uh, ever developing and growing. And uh, you've released a few EPs to date, and uh, we're going to speak about them uh, soon. But I thought uh, just to get to know you a little bit, uh, can you let us know sort of how it all started with the music? Yeah, sure. I mean, so originally, like, I picked up music when I was sort of about eleven or twelve, playing the uh, playing the flute mainly. Um, wasn't particularly rock and roll. I discovered that when I got to about fifteen, picked up the guitar. Um, then ended up basically I got uh, signed with a development deal as a as a teenager basically with a, with a, with a label and I was sort of doing rock music and then sort of uh, my late teens is when I probably picked up country music. Um, I basically worked as a, as like a, an intern songwriter at uh, a Paramount Music and uh, sort of I was the understudy for a guy who'd written for people like Blake Shelton. Um, and sort of learned how to do how to write country music that way, and um, then was writing for other people for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then I sort of decided, actually, do you know what? I got a, a nudge, uh, and decided that I was going to do it as an artist. Uh, that was sort of about a year and a half ago, maybe just over that now. And uh, yes, yeah, sort of that, and it sort of all, all, all came from there, really. Yes, yeah, so I uh, was a C to C. Uh, 2017 I think was the moment yeah. where I realised I saw the guys on stage doing it right. uh, a guy called Chase Bryant in particular actually when we watched his set like it was like 11.30 on, yeah. in the morning and it was sort of like third full the venue but he managed to sort of like captivate the crowd it was, yeah. and it was so real it was so honest and that's what I really liked about it I was like you know what no I, I, I'm going to do that I'm going to do it and because I was I was always so worried about sort of being a a British country artist, especially because I'm very influenced by sort of like the sort of uh, more modern American side of things. I was worried if people were ever going to take me seriously doing it. Yeah. And I kind of, it was that sort of leap of faith that I had to sort of take. Um, and yeah, it seems to worked out all right so far. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, definitely going good. I'm following you on social media and you, you seem to have a lot of gigs coming up and you're, you're releasing the music and it's all sounding great. Um, I was just wondering, with the country music aspect of it, you say you go back to C to C there, but uh, what, what were your influences growing up? Uh, w- w- was it country then? It was country. There was so there was some country stuff around, uh, and I mean the, the ones that I remember. My I was very influenced by the stuff that my parents listened to because there was always yeah. music in and around the house. Uh, my, my my dad's a musician. My mum loves her music, so there was always music in and around the place. Um, there's sort of like a, there's a tradition of musicians on my dad's side of the family um, yeah and so it was sort of i mean the, the one that i remember really clearly actually i think is where the country thing came from was the eagles I oh yeah that was that was that was the obviously they've got that very you know country americana thing about what they do um and that sort of influences a lot of my writing to to, to this day i think i th- think that they were the main one that really that really stands out um my dad was also a fan of um of Mel Haggard and sort of introduced me to Keith Whitley as well. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of things that were uh, around the house as I was growing yeah. up. Should we say? Yeah. Definitely big names eh? yes. and uh, <laughs> good ones to be influenced by uh, yeah. as you're growing up there. So uh, with, with the songwriting, before you sort of uh, decided to start performing and recording your your, your music, mm-hmm. uh, what what was it like before? What sort of songs were you uh, you know writing and uh, sort of which sort of artists were you pitching them to? Yeah. So I mean, I've had sort of uh, I've I've done mainly pop and then i was doing sort of like the 
independent country stuff so i was working yeah. with a lot of like uk artists um predominantly with the country stuff but then with the pop stuff it was much more sort of commercial based yeah so i mean i ended up pitching to i mean get the biggest name probably taylor swift i guess was one of the oh, ones yeah. that we ended up getting shortlisted for for one of her records another guy was a guy called jay sean who had a hit called down sort of uh sort of back i think it was like 2009 and around that time uh I get the wanted were another one as well. All right. So sort of that that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, that sort of that 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 pop led stuff because I, I, I was always sort of part of 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 what I did. So yeah. it was that 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 kind of pop, and then obviously the elements of the country, sort of my experience as a as a commercial writer, as it were. And are, are there any songs that uh, were pitched that were released then? Any Not names? Not any that of we... the massive hits, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be driving a Vauxhall Corsa no. <laughs> if that were the case. So uh, none of none, none of the massive hits. But there were a few things that we that, that we had pitched. Sort of, I did sort of ended up doing the. I sort of did uh, music for like London Fashion Week and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, I do. I now do music for like Country File for the BBC and all, all that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's good. It's good fun. If we if we stay with the songwriting for a minute, because yeah. uh, I'm ju- I'm always interested to see you hear from the artists of how they go about it, and obviously mm. you've got a quite a number of years, you know, with the songwriting before you were mm. sort of uh, writing your own material mm. for yourself. So uh, you know, what what's it like for you, and sort of how how did you get started with songwriting? I mean, songwriting for me. I mean, the first the way I got started with songwriting was actually by complete accident. Uh, I was what happened was I was 14 I think I was and I was in year 9 at school and they had this thing called enrichment week and I'd been on holiday for a week and basically I hadn't got to pick what I wanted to do because I wanted to go and do the sports because I was that was my my thing I was going to be a footballer yeah Um, that was kind of one of my things that I really wanted to do um, um, and had sort of like a sort of contract with that, and then I got injured and couldn't do it anymore. But the, the, the time I was like, music was never really like my priority. It was something I did, but it yeah. wasn't my favorite thing to do. Um, but I came back from this holiday, and basically they said, oh, "There's no spaces left on anything else, so you're going to have to go and do the music one." Right, I was like, right, okay. So we turned up at this tiny little studio yeah. in in, uh, in East Bristol. Um, and basically what the teachers had done they'd given us a chord progression they were like, right. I think it was like C, A minor, F, G the whole way through and they were like you've got to write lyrics and you've got to write a melody yeah. to do that and I did it in about half an hour throughout the whole song the teacher was like I wasn't even doing GCSE music at the time yeah. so there was no intention to sort of carry it through and the teacher was like I can't believe you've just done that I, went, I literally recorded it in half an hour went in and did the whole lot and she said to me she was like you've got to do GCSE so I yeah. went to a very angry French teacher the following week oh, right. and said, sorry, uh, madame, but I'm not doing, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be doing French as I'm going do- to be doing music. And that's where my sort of love for writing spiral, spiral from there, really. So I think by the yeah. time I got to the end of my GCSEs, I'd sort of developed a love for it. I kind of wrote a whole album and started a band sort of the, the second I finished school. Right. So, and what, yeah. what sort of band was that then? That was sort of a rock. It was... There was that 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 very sort of prominent rock scene towards yeah. the sort of like when I when I, when I left school sort of at the the, the, the late two thousands when you sort of had like Paramore, Lower Than Atlantis, Young Guns, all those kind of bands was really starting to come up. Right, and, yeah, uh, I basically uh, yeah ended up getting uh, getting a deal with uh, with that band and doing that that kind of stuff because it was just say it was it was a big thing at the time so. Uh, yeah, that was kind of the stuff we were doing, and we did we did pretty well with that kind of stuff. I think I think when you do that much that young, it does teach you a lot. Yeah, you know, and it's allowed us to sort of 
that experience and that knowledge of kind of being able to, and obviously with the work that Rachel does as well, being able to fast track quite a lot of things because you kind of know yeah. how the industry works, I guess. And we should say Rachel is uh, your, your partner, and yes. uh, she is, is is she your manager yeah, as well? Manager, manager as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she also is part of country music social media, so we we will speak to Rachel yeah. uh, uh, about that uh, very soon. Uh, but if we move on with the from where you were with the band then, yeah. and uh, you know you get, I take it you again experience with gigs and the, the live performing. So yeah, that, where did it go from there? Well, I mean, with that one there, I mean that particular that particular time, obviously social media wasn't like as intense as it is now. Yeah. So it was very much get your band together, get your live show hot, and you're going to play three, four, five shows every single week for the next two three years it was basically we, right. we, we, we were pretty much always on tour so yeah you know we toured with uh the band called like we did some stuff with uh i think i'm trying to remember who it was now there was westlife were the biggest band that we toured all with. right yeah um so which was weird because we were a rock band but we did uh we did we did we did we did, we did uh, some stuff on tour with them uh which was great great experience it's kind of we did glastonbury Oh. Um, Reading, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it, it was very much sort of based in and around the. What was the name of the band? Like, we were called the Fuel. All right. Band okay. Uh, but that was coming out of that was coming out of uh, out of school, basically. Yeah. So you know, you know, your band names aren't going to be uh, too innovative at that particular <laughs> point in your life. I think it was literally just driving past the petrol station, and my mate went, "Oh, the Fuel, that'd be a good name for a band." I think she called them that, and that was that, and we were stuck with it for three years. Also, right. So. <laughs> did you manage to record any tracks then? With yeah, the we, did, yeah? We, did, we did. We did plenty of stuff in and around in and around that time. So we did. Uh, yeah, we did get some stuff recorded. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, then um, you're, you're sort of uh, probably coming closer to the, the countryside of things. This then is it. it was when I went to university, when I started at university. Yeah. So basically what happened was we were sort of uh, due to get a record deal with this band and basically the recession kicked in at that particular time and then that didn't happen as a result of that. Um, so I basically decided, do you know what, I'm going to learn how to do it myself. Yeah, I'm going to go to university. I'm going to learn music business, and I'm going to do my degree in that. And I'm going to understand how absolutely every single element of it works. Yeah, because I don't want that to happen again. Um, and that's basically that's basically what I did. Um, so and that's taken me on my path from my, my songwriting all the way through to sort of my studio and label services stuff that I do now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that 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 was kind of the thing that set the wheels in motion, and that's where I discovered Brad Paisley at, at uni through right. a friend of mine. Yeah, and as we all know, it's a uh, an, an insane addiction from that point <laughs> onwards, really, when it comes to country music. So, well, yeah. he's always popular wherever he goes, especially when he comes over to the uh, to the UK. Yeah. Um, I think it's the last couple of years that you've been releasing some music as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. you, you've got uh, three EPs. Mm -hmm. And uh, one was released this past year. We've uh, enjoyed playing tracks on the show. We'll play some more as well. Yeah. And uh, of course, we're going to be li listening to uh, some live performances as well mm -hmm. uh, from from you in the studio. Uh, so going back to that first EP, then, um, yeah. so, so what was it like? You know, get, getting ready for that, writing your own songs at that point, and just yeah. going in the studio. I was petrified. I'll be completely honest. I was yeah. so I was so scared because. It's really hard when you're kind of doing something that's because before I was sort of you know I'd done rock and I'd done pop. That's things that pe you know people are kind of very socially accepted. They're very safe, and now I kind of decided right okay, so I'm going to do modern American influence 
country pop music and I was like this could this could backfire horribly yeah this could backfire horribly because there's not that many people in the UK doing it you know are the people in the UK gonna like it is it gonna be too alien and are the people in the states gonna think that I'm taking the biscuit basically right with the two yeah. things you know there's you know as a musician you you, you experience self-doubt every single day anyway so I was, I was literally putting my head in the lion's mouth. I was, yeah. that, that's how it felt. Um, but I just thought, you know what? These are four songs that mean a lot to me. They're autobiographical. They're about my life and the good things that are happening in my life right now. I haven't written nice, positive songs for a long time. Yeah. I was like, so we're just going to do it. We're going to record it. Let's put a plan in place to release it and, yeah. and just hope people like it. And yeah, I mean, it, it sort of stopped happened quite quickly at the start uh, in terms of we basically got interest from America within six weeks of releasing the first record right um, and that was the moment where I thought oh wow okay but I was sp- I was still petrified at that point because yeah. I hadn't actually gone and done it that was the scariest bit of it all actually yeah. going to the States because basically we got asked to play um, Springboard Festival in San Diego yeah uh, so I headed out there um, and I had to stand in a room of guys that had won Grammys there was one guy that had A&R Linkin Park there was all like really top level stuff yeah. um, I got 200 musicians behind me all American I was the only British guy there I think um, and I was like right yeah so my name's Danny McMahon I make, I'm, I'm British and I make country music and they all cheered and I was like okay this is good <laughs> I've now got to play the song yeah. and I had to play the song in front of this panel of as I say, these, these you know, commercial writers and whatever else and you know play it there and the feedback I got was really awesome yeah it was really awesome and that was the point where I was like okay it was worth the risk you know I'd never been a massive risk taker in the, the music industry uh, up until then I didn't feel because um, that was the first point where I was like okay one I, I'm here we've yeah. got fundraisers we've busked we've and that's that a lot of that does come down to Rachel and her, her managerial approach as well you know I say I've, I've worked with major labels and I, I still believe she is Obviously, I'm partially biased, but I feel like she's the most tenacious manager that I've ever dealt with. Yeah. Like, there's there's nothing that's unachievable. Right. And I think that's kind of where we were able to, you know, pick things up so quickly. Yeah. I'm, I'm always interested with the artists who, who go over to the U.S. Some yeah. of them stay over there as well yeah. because... Uh, uh, you know, I've seen like one name that comes to mind is Sasha McVeigh. She, oh, yeah. you know, I saw her before she took the plunge, and I think there's a couple of other artists as well who've gone over there. But it's good to see the reaction from, like you just said, then with the the US artists, yeah, uh, because you know, mentioning British country music, I know there might be one or two of the the bigger names out there who wouldn't come over you and I you know they, they, there's different opinions but uh, you know it is going somewhere I feel that the British country music Absolutely. scene I completely agree e- even from when I first started doing it uh, now like in terms of how seriously people are starting to take it like obviously I've sort of done I've done shows with quite a few American artists now we've had sort of Charlie Worsham Kanan Cox Dylan Schneider and obviously when you do those shows you get to chat to them yeah. personally and speak to them and like for those guys the UK is now like a really like hot commodity yeah. and also with the festivals as well there's a lot they're bringing over like obviously our Dixie Fields Lauren Elena coming over and you know obviously Nashville meets London that's the whole point of the festival yeah. is that you've got you know British and American artists coming together on, on, on a bill and I, I think it's allowing people to sort of understand how 
good and how quickly yeah. it is actually growing. Um, and then obviously they take that back to the states with them. And yeah, yeah, definitely. For even from when I went to San Diego, they were kind of like you know. I remember the one comment one guy made. I was like, I said, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of play on on um, UK country radio. He's like, so there's like one station. I was like, no, you have no idea, mate. You have no <laughs> idea. Uh, but now people are taking it so so seriously, and it's great. You know, yeah, you see that growth even in that period of time. I th- I think. Uh, w- it started a few years back with country to country, you know, that's yeah. been going for a few years now. And then I think that was a little bit of a catalyst to, to keep it, the momentum going. And I'm just seeing all these other festivals popping up now and you, you, you're, you're going to a lot of them. Yeah. And, um, I think, are you going up to the one in Blackpool this year? Yeah. As well? Yeah. The main stage there. That'll be fun. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I love what those guys have done. I think they've kind of thought, right, this is an idea we've got. We love, we we love, you know, and, and the fact that it's purely about British country music as yeah. well, and that they've had the sort of again t- taking that risk and that jump to kind of yeah. go, okay, this is this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do it our way. We're not going to sort of play to the rules. And they've gone and they've put together a really cool lineup, you know, and, and yeah. they're working so hard to promote that festival as well. Yeah, there's quite a lot of artists on, on the lineup there, so I, I'm just interested in to see how it goes because uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend, but uh, I think it's the the only one that's got an all british lineup as yeah. well so th- i think that's a first mm-hmm. so uh you know it's definitely uh things to be looking at but you you've been uh performing in a load of load of gigs not just in the uk either because i uh recall that you went to italy recently yeah that was fun that yeah. was really fun again like you know sort of broadening my horizons and being sort of educated on things that i had no idea existed my, my guitarist is from italy and we were playing that show and he turned around and said to me he's like i actually can't believe this is happening in italy like yeah. it's probably you know because it, 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 it was big it was you know the, the turnout was awesome the crowd was so involved like you know there were people singing my songs there were people singing you know all the some of the covers that we were playing it was it was incredible i couldn't believe it i had no idea that these that these things were even happening across europe and since then i've discovered there's a load of others as well which is really cool Sleep with my clothes on Cry as I run Wake up each day and forget All that I've done Let me introduce you To my favorite song Wake up each day and forget all that was sung. Hesitate as I wait, if no one to look back at me. Just a moment, an object, a bloodstream momentarily. Now I was a young man Watched my friends bow Life got ten medals from battle Just look at me now Wait here in silence Alone and unsure well, I might have won all those battles, but I lost the war. Hesitate as I waited for no one to look back at me. 
Just a moment, an object, a bloodstream, momentarily. Let's go to the EPs. If we can go, go back to the first one as well, because yeah. uh, you were telling me just now that uh, the tracks on there, you know, they're quite personal to you. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit more about, say, one or two of them. Yeah, well, basically, at Sea to Sea, the first time I ever went. So that was the first time I kind of, I, as I watched artists play, and I was like, I want to do that. But that was also the same weekend I met Rachel for the first time and so everything kind of clicked into place at the same time it was kind of like all these empty voids that I had in my life just sort of just seemed to come together at one one moment um, and it kind of like made me sort of think this is what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. which is cool um, so that's kind of where the first single What It's Like came from it was literally about that, that weekend and the things that it made me feel and the way that it made me feel um, so it was very very autobiographical um, and it was all about all about that particular period in my life to be honest um, yeah about sort of falling in love for the first time in a very long time um, and sort of feeling new experiences which was which was really cool um, and then yeah all about this sort of newfound love for being able to be honest about how country music and those emotions had had affected me and putting them all into in, into an EP basically. Right. Was uh, was kind of what all that was about. So it was, yeah, it was it, it was a very personal experience. And as I say, I hadn't written because I've been a commercial writer and you write to brief. I hadn't experienced that for a long time. Yeah. You know, because it was always someone's being like, yeah, you know, this is happening in my life. I want to write a song about that rather than it being about me and my life and yeah. because there was nothing that was really particularly interesting that was happening to me at the time yeah. I was stuck in a bit of a rut so it was nice to be able to you know put that on a on a piece of paper and then in in the studio yeah and uh, sort of uh, what was it like then get you know promoting that and uh, you know performing some gigs with the live material for your your own songs for the first time there yeah yeah it was it, it again it was re, re, really scary um, it's also it what it, it was it was hard work as well like you know as, as I say the self-doubt thing kicks in a lot yeah because it's a new thing and 
that that first year we literally went and played every single you know stage toilet living room right. street that would have us yeah um because that was rachel's approach you know i, I was like oh, do i have to go and busk again like you know cause yeah I made 32p last week oh right uh, you know and she was like yeah you're gonna do it you're gonna go and do this and you're gonna go and do that i was like it will work it will work you know we booked a tour and yeah. all that kind of stuff um so it was real graft real grind yeah that first year you know m- most of it you know you don't get paid a penny for as well when you start starting out as an artist no you know if i compare sort of how all that's worked out from this year versus last year it's like two opposite worlds but that makes me realize that it was worth putting in that yeah that grind and that hustle to begin with yeah when you say in those different types of gigs you were doing like the best skin mm. um i know quite a few of them uh taking videos of that now and upload into things like youtube and yeah. is that something you were doing as well sort of because uh, i know a lot of artists uh, that is a route they take and uh they they, they get people a following through that then yeah we definitely did do that actually and that, that worked really well because you're sort of you know you're playing to the people who are walking in the street if you if you can make them listen um and then but then obviously you're getting like we did one didn't we where we play we were promoting the the tour um, and so basically we went and played in the middle of Bristol and Rachel was handing out flyers <laughs> uh, saying that you know this guy's playing at so and so in two weeks time in Bristol um, but then we basically took a video of it and we put it online and it had nearly like like next to like 10,000 hits it was just right. like playing Brett Young in the middle of Bristol City Centre yeah. but yeah it just yeah, but that obviously that helped promote things incredibly like you know social media as an artist if you use it right really yeah. really can help change the game for you for sure yeah, and you're you're Bristol born and bred, is it? I am. Yeah, yes. and I'm, I'm I'm discovering a lot of artists from Bristol at the moment, which is uh, I don't know if it's just yeah, a coincidence. Who else, who else have you got? Well, I had Taney Lord in oh, the studio yeah, just the other week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, I think I'm not sure, but I Kelsey Bovey. She is one of my artists at the oh, studio. Right. Yeah, so we wrote wrote the her EP together. Yeah, she's yeah. recently got in touch with me, trying to spread <laughs> the word. <laughs> yeah move on to the other eps then for following that debut one and you know you've released uh, the latest uh, ep as well so, yeah. so w- what was it like then moving on from there moving on from the first one i mean basically my idea was to try and i say my idea it was very much rachel's idea as well was putting trying to get that second ep out quickly and sort of hit people with two eps in a year yeah um, i think that made that was the point at which people sort of started to sit up and actually take notice of what we were doing rather than it was like this rather than it being just this sole isolated thing because basically we we knew we had this record coming out and we had a slot of buckle and boots which for the first year being an unknown was really good going yeah um and basically i wanted, we wanted to make sure i knew that was an opportunity i knew that was a really good opportunity yeah to capitalize on that so basically we played buckle and boots and then we had like a 10-day tour off the back of that right so we put together with this new ep coming out at the same time yeah and that was what really started to change it i was sort of then getting calls from festivals and obviously then we had this sort of the bcma and the ukcma nominations oh yeah all that kind of stuff but that that was the game plan from day one anyway yeah but it, i knew that it was kind of I hoped anyway that that was going to be the point where people were starting to go, oh yeah, you know, th- this guy's actually, you know, not useless, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which was good, which is good. I think I think that first buckle and boot show that we did last year was potentially still my favourite show I've ever played yeah. as a country artist because um, we went into it a complete unknown. I thought we were going to be playing to about five people at half past one 
on the in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and the tent was rammed, and there were people singing my songs, and that was the point of where things right. flipped. I, I'm hearing a lot about that. I've been trying to venture up there because it's been going a few years now, yeah. hasn't it? Uh, Buckland Boots in yeah. Manchester. And a lot of artists uh, on the lineup. I'm seeing a lot of uh, feedback and uh, the videos yeah. from, from the day. Well, a lot of artists saying, you know, it's really good. And it's possibly, at the moment, I say the second biggest one behind C to C, uh, you know, for... Art, you know, British artists to be included on, and of of course, it's got more British artists involved with it. Yeah. Uh, so, so what's what's it like in general? You know, the, I love the, it. Yeah. I love it. It's a great, it's a great festival. It's a great vibe. It's kind of got quite an authentic feel about it, which is which is which is nice. And they got the, they got the two stages, which are very different in terms of feel as well, because they set up this this, this tent, which is rel- relatively small. So, but then when you get a lot of people in it, it yeah. almost feels like a really sort of vibey venue um it's just great and that, that you know there's so many guys that i made so many friends off that festival as well who are sort of just up for supporting british country music and they will come out to them. and that's what i love about the uk country scene in general yeah like people will support you yeah if they've never heard of you but you turn and play a show and they like what you do yeah you know um i think i did i mean one of the big, biggest examples i can remember of that is when, when we were first starting out um we played the hard rock cafe in london yeah and it was five like unheard of sort of you know developing art i didn't say unheard of but developing unsigned british acts um, i think it was like myself there was gasoline and matches were on the bill um i'm trying to remember the, the other acts i think hannah paris was playing that night as well um but i was expecting there to be about you know if there was 30 people in that room on a tuesday night i would have been happy yeah um it was sold out right that kind of tells you the kind of support that yeah it, it gets you know and at these festivals as well like people turn up they'll buy the cds they buy the merch they want photos they want autographs and yeah. all that kind of stuff you know and and to me that really took me by surprise because that yeah. doesn't happen in rock and pop unless no. you're up here yeah you know? it, it is a little bit different and you know we say it's building all the time yeah. And, uh, you know, they, we have got some big uh, radio stations nationwide here who are adding some of the UK artists to, to their playlists mm. and on onto on their playouts there. Uh, you know, it's just getting more more of the fans uh, involved with it as well, because a lot of them, I find, do, do tend to just think about the US artists and they won't give the UK ones a try. But then, you know, I, I've been to quite a lot of gigs now, especially the last year or so, yeah. uh, seeing a number of different UK artists. And I'm thinking... If they just come and see, they, they'll see the quality yeah, that's out there. You know, yeah, this is it. I, th- I think that I think that's the thing with with the music industry in general. You know, if if something's promoted in a certain way, yeah, people gravitate to it in in, in a certain way. Um, I think obviously with the with the American stuff, it's just got a, a lot more manpower and a lot more money behind it, so people yeah. automatically assume it's better. Yeah, but, you know, I also, a, a lot of the time, you know, you go to these shows and there are pe- people who could easily play at the bigger stages it's at C to C some of those sets are, e- are easily good enough like musically speaking yeah but obviously it's just that's just not the way that the in- the industry's been dictated to the consumer as it were yeah um, and that's that's kind of just the, kind of the barrier that sometimes has got to be broken down a little bit but I do think in UK country music people sort of avoid that notion far better than in other genres yeah and what what do you think uh you know should uh, you know we look at for the future of british country you know what what, what sort of direction because uh I mean, for, for, for me it's 
I think pe- people need to just definitely embrace anything and everything that comes out that is decent and that is good and that is yeah. well structured and put together. Um, I think people should all. I think we need to always be bettering the quality of what we're putting out yeah. which, which is happening which is definitely happening yeah but i think that's what we should always always be striving for that like i i do feel like there's still a little way to go in terms of as a whole yeah in terms of the quality of what what's being put as putting out put out versus, versus nashville um i've also really think we need to get away from the sort of the this strict rules that people seem to have over this is a country, this is country, this is, blah, 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 you know, the, 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 I, I, I love the fact that the umbrella is so broad. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Like the, the, that people are, are, are putting things out that, you know, so, sometimes you listen to an artist and you go, Oh God, that's got, that's so like recontextualized. That's got elements of stuff that's happened. That's happened in the past. And you know, it's a real throwback to X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I love that people do that for, for as, as a musician. I love it when people are able to do that because that's yeah. a real skill in itself. But I also love it when people sort of, you know, start to break boundaries a little bit and push things in a certain direction. And from a production perspective, that's always yeah. really cool to hear that. Um, so yeah, for, for for me, the fact that it is such a wide umbrella of thing of music coming through, I th- really think that should be celebrated. Yeah, because it, it is in the states. Yeah, it is in the states, and I, I I think I think that's one of the reasons why country music has is got such a legacy. Yeah, but has continued to be successful, whereas other sort of uh, genres that were com- commercial, like blues and etc have sort of died down and become more niche. Yeah. Whereas country has always moved with what's going on and people have been yeah. accepting of everything, sorry, everything f- across the board, yeah. which is cool. I, th- I think, you know, when, when people are talking about, it, you know, is it country or not and yeah. which direction it's going to, but then uh, a lot of people do go back to years gone by and say, well, it t- took those different directions back then. Yeah. And why can't it do it now? You, it, for, for me, it does get a little bit worrying seeing one or two of the US songs that we've got at the moment. But I, I feel that, uh, like you just said, I think with uh, some of the other artists, they are, you know, keeping the country elements and, uh, you know, it's still there in the music. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are, there are. Don't get me wrong. There are elements of where things are a little bit sort of like, you know, someone's having a, a sort of a, a cashing in day. I'm not yeah. going to mention particular songs, but I think no. there's a quite an obvious one that's out at yeah. the moment. Um, that that's people have kind of gone. All right, yeah, let's let's make a buck on that. That 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 isn't songwriting. That's something completely different. Yeah. Having worked in that world. Um, there are particular conversations that are had where they, it stops becoming about the music, and yeah. um, that that's the difference for me. You know, if you can see that someone has poured their heart and soul into something, and they've lear- earned their craft and they've learnt their craft, I think that should always be respected. Yeah, whether wh- whether you think it should have a lap steel or a mandolin in it or not, if that kind of makes sense. Like, if you can see, like I've got artists that I work with where you know they wouldn't make that production choice but i couldn't turn around and go well that's not country because yeah. of the way that they've written the song and yeah, their, yeah. their approach and i've had those conversations with someone and they that's where their mind is set yeah and as a result you know i think other people will 
sort of engage with it accordingly yeah. which is which is great which is the way that I, I feel it should be you know I know sort of you know I mean someone like Keith Urban for example every record is new every record is different you know some of it is poppier some of it is more country yeah. but you can still see that the his intent and the quality of what he was doing in that record yeah whether it's you know as I say got an extra synth in it that it isn't traditionally down the country route I don't yeah. think that you can then turn around and go well no sorry Keith that's not country see you later you know yeah in my personal opinion because he's actually a, he, he is a musician you know you watch him play live and he the way he writes his songs <laughs> is I think that's another thing as well the way that people write the songs yeah I think that's what fundamentally makes it country yeah is it honest is it real is it from the heart yeah that's what that's what a lot of people have been saying. Uh, as sort of, I wouldn't say it's an argument. You know, it's a discussion, isn't it? Yeah. More than anything, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it might not have those instruments uh, or the sound that the country records have had from yeah. years gone by. But you know, you look at the songwriting, and there are still aspects in there. You know, I think you using Keith Urban as a good example there yeah. because he has been doing some different records of late. Yeah. Uh, but you know his quality of his material with his other album releases since he's been out. You know he's, yeah. he's just uh, you know he, he's uh, entitled really. I think to to do some different records. Uh, you know, and it's it's not doing him any harm. I think. No, no, no. This is it. <laughs> this is it. You know, and I, and I think it's it's cool to just sort of you know let it let it happen. There yeah. are some times where you do have to kind of stand up and go. This is kind of taking the mick a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, ninety percent of the time, I think it's all very very well intended and you know as I say the quality of the songwriting if it's real if it's honest yeah. that, that's cool with me um, if we come back to your latest EP then which has been released yes. this year Boys Cry 2 yeah. and uh, we are lucky enough to have uh, you performing some live tracks from that yeah. uh, so looking forward to hearing them but uh, let us know about this latest EP then. Was there a, a sort of different approach for this one? It was different. Um, so this is what, I mean, obviously, so you got When I See You, I didn't write that song. Um, I was uh, approached by a commercial writer, a guy called Dan Evans. Yeah. Um, so I've got a company called Puzzle Maker Studios based in Bristol, and we take care of his publishing, so he sends me songs. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of never sort of intended to be the guy to, I was going to pitch it. Yeah. I swear. I never intended to be the guy to sing it, but we kind of came back from the from the mastering, and it was just like everything's clicking, everything's working. Yeah. Um, and then everything I wrote with um, Billy Smiley in Nashville when I went out there right. in the September of yeah. last year. Um, so there was kind of co-writing going on for the for, for the first time. Um, and then the other thing, it was scary in in, in a different way. This record. Because um, so I kind of got to the point where, I sort of like at this point, I was sort of play. I've kind of got decent festivals. I got, a, I've got a good fan base that kind of follow me around and come out to shows. And I kind of like it. It does make it a little bit more pressure filled, a little bit. Yeah. Um, not I'm complaining for a second because I'm so grateful for all the people that sort of support me and my music and what what I do. But it does it does put a little bit more pressure on it because you know this time round that people are actually going to go out and buy this music. Yeah. Um, especially after the single uh, when I see you had gone to number one in the country charts as well I was kind of like alright this needs to be really good Um, we need to we need to follow this up with something that's and and that's kind of where I thought okay I kind of took it apart and I thought in my head you know, I try try not to be too preconceived in what I do. Yeah. Because um, that again, going back to that previous conversation, if that's not what country music's about, it should be real, it should be raw, it should be authentic and honest. Yeah. Um, 
so that's when I thought actually that's when people have when I've done writer's rounds and that kind of stuff that's when I can see people relating to my music the most is when I just wear my heart on my sleeve and be emotionally honest because as a bloke I am quite emotionally honest I'm quite right. open like you know I cry at films I you know all, all of those kind of things and yeah. as, as, as a kid growing up obviously you know you get I mean, it's particularly the school I went to. If you started crying, you'd probably get a punch around the face. You know what I mean? Like right. that's kind of that's kind of the way that it was. And obviously, you know, that's an extreme example, but yeah. it's not considered wildly socially acceptable as a bloke to be emotionally open all the time. You know, we find yeah. it hard because we think that people are going to judge us. Um, and that's where the idea came from, basically, for the for, for Boys Cry 2 as a song. I just kind of got to this point where, you know, I, I wasn't feeling great in myself mentally. Again, probably stemming from a lot of the self-doubt that comes from being a musician. It is, a you know, yeah. a mental battle every day. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I need to tell this story because I feel like I'm not the only one going through it. Yeah. Um, so I sat down and I wrote that song. I saw a sign in Nashville when we were there and it said Boys Cry 2 on it. I just wrote it down in my notes in my phone. Right. Um, and came back to it about three months later when yeah. I was in that place fe feeling a particular way because um, I think that's where the best songs come from. There. You yeah. just need to feel it from the heart and it needs to be something that's relevant to you but then obviously something that's going to be relevant to other people as well. Yeah. Um, so that's where that idea came from and the, the lyrics just seem, seem to come out on page and went into the studio and sort of cut a demo and I send it over to Rachel and she was like this is one of the best things you've done so far I was like okay that's good because she's always brutally honest if it's rubbish you tell me it's falling apart week by week you can't find the part where you should speak Give anything to force a smile And boys will be boys just isn't his style If you do then you're not a real man No you don't understand See his daddy gets mad when he tries to explain Thanks for telling the truth, man, I got used to you Well, boys cried too If you're waiting on something that hasn't arrived Don't paint yourself and expect to disguise Never get lost in things you can't choose when you're out of ideas and you don't know what to do Well, boys cry too Don't suck it up, don't play it cool I've been there, done that It's the worst thing you can do if you do, then you're not a real man, no, you don't understand See his daddy gets mad when he tries to explain Thanks for telling the truth, man, I got used to Well, boys cry too If you're waiting on something that hasn't arrived Don't pay 
hide yourself and expect to disguise Never get lost in the things you can't choose When you're out of ideas and you don't know what to do Well, boy, it's kind It's been a bad day, so let them fall Just let them fall, let them fall Don't be ashamed, just be who you are Just let them fall, let them fall if you do, then you're not a real man. No, you don't understand. If you're waiting on something that hasn't arrived, don't paint yourself an expected disguise. Never get lost in the things you can't choose. When you're out of ideas and you don't know what to do When you're out of, when you're out of ideas and you don't know what to do Well, boys cry Um, you know, you touched on it there with the songwriting, uh, you know, the, how you go about it. So you said you, you had the initial idea with the title, maybe one or two things, but then you felt that you, you wanted to come back to that when you when it, when it was the moment. Yeah, it needs to yeah. be. It needs to be. You need to feel it at the right time. Like, you know, most of... Um, I, I did my master's degree in songwriting, basically, and one thing that, that our lecturer always said to us, he was like inspiration is everywhere if you look hard enough that was yeah. his thing that he stuck by um so like if anyone says a particular thing or like you know in conversation that i feel that's relevant or if someone talks to me about a particular story or a particular emotion like that goes in my phone notes yeah you know there and then just quickly on the side um and then i kind of come back to it later you know yeah. or even if it's a melody you know i sort of have a, a idea when i'm sort of i mean i've written melodies in my dreams before you know, oh, right. as, as cliche as that sounds um like you know it just you just can't kind of take that that inspiration wherever it comes from because yeah. it's not always the easiest thing to grasp um but you kind of get used to it it's kind of just just a, a, a thing you do but with boys cry too it was it was very much that that thing and it kind of it, it it progressed further really because I, I I was I kind of thought there was I was listening to the radio I was coming back from a gig really late one night and there was this particular radio interview on and they were talking about this guy was talking about um, male mental health and the problems with ma male suicide in particular right you know, guys sort of my age and I thought right there we go all the little pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are clicking into place now yeah you know because that that came up. You know that kind of boys cry two thing. Listen back to that and say that's how the song needs to be portrayed. It is it is basically a sort of a a cry for for, for listening to uh, you know males in particularly who are struggling with with mental health and feel yeah. like they can't you know portray those emotions properly. I, I feel that's quite uh, common with a few artists these days. Mm. You know, they're picking on these subjects that, uh, you know, need to be brought to people's attention. So yeah, I, I think it's great because for, for, for us, it's becoming a lot more socially acceptable now yeah. with, with the whole sort of mental health campaigns that are, that are going on, you know, it, with musicians and, you know, outside of it. I, I think that makes it, you know, the fact that people are more aware of, 
emotion yeah and that that allows us to be able to I mean, you know, take Bob Dylan for example. He was the greatest sort of uh, social commentator probably ever. Yeah. You know, uh, him potentially potentially Leonard Cohen as far as lyricists are concerned. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of your job, I feel, as a songwriter, is yeah. in some way that that works best for you. You know, I'm never going to write songs about politics because it's not something that I'm educated enough in to so, turn around and and talk about that kind of thing. So I could never be a social commentator in that way. But I do experience emotions very deeply yeah um so that's one thing that i've as a, as a social commentator that i do observe and i watch people in terms of those kind of things um so that that makes it a lot easier for for us the fact that that, that idea is much more socially acceptable yeah uh yeah it's it's it's, 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 it's great it's, it's great for day-to-day people and it's great for songwriting as well and uh, you mentioned the title track from the ep then is there a- any other one sort of with a different uh, angle coming at it with um, the songwriting yeah with the songwriting I mean for, for, for me pushing my hands down is one that's always been close to my heart um, I, re- I wrote that song a long time ago um, it's actually an older song um, and a guy that used to manage me he said he was like you've got to put that into country context Yeah, you've got to put that into a country context because it's everything that, that it's about and I, I, I had a look at it I was like okay well at the particular time the, the, the lyrics weren't kind of relevant enough for me so I basically sat down and I rewrote all the lyrics just yeah. with the same chorus and then I basically rewrote all the lyrics to the song and I was like what can pushing my hands down mean in this context I was like okay I've got it um, and it basically just ended up writing a song about my journey in, into country music yeah. but using it as a metaphor for like for me, I felt like I had my, you know, my hands sort of tied behind my back kind of thing, and I felt like I had no no freedom to do what it was that I wanted to do. Partially because I was scared, partially because I felt like I was going to be judged. Yeah. Um, but I thought actually you can put that into a much wider context for pretty much everyone at some point in their lives. Yeah. Um, that that they're gonna they're gonna feel that feel that way that they can't do what it is that they were born to do or what makes them happy. Yeah. For fear of you know the, the consequences of what might come from x y and z you know whether that be you know in a particular relationship that's toxic or, or you know so anything along those kind of yeah. lines um i thought it was important to get that message out um and yeah the end result i was really happy with that because you know when you sort of rewrite a song that's always dangerous territory yeah because it could go one or two ways it can be better than the previous version it could be a you know a ton worse but yeah, we were properly we were able to, especially when the sort of the the, the pedal steel player came in as well. So right. I had um, had Emmy Lou Harris's pedal steel player come in and play on that. All right, song. Um, yeah. So and he brought it to life. Yeah. Like, you know, it was it was really exciting. How, how do you manage to get sort of musicians like that to, to come um, to you? Uh, but do you know what? I meet most of my musicians through go just because I play so many gigs. Yeah. So I literally, so it's a guy called uh, Kevin Bartholomew who's based in Hungerford, I believe. Um, and he, I was doing a showcase event in Swindon on a Sunday afternoon. Right. And played to a room of about 30 people. We were sort of, I just, I just won the UK CMA award and we were going off to Nashville the day after. So I hadn't really thought about this particular gig too much. But yeah. that's a really good lesson in... in 
sense that you never know who you're going to meet yeah. when and when. Because as I say, I'd had these really sort of the, the, the more the more flashy things right. either side of this particular yeah. gig, um, and, of, and as a result, I hadn't put as much thought into that maybe as I should have done. Um, because as a result, you know, he comes up to me, he was like, "Oh yeah, uh, really liked what you uh, what you did there, Dan. Really good stuff. Give us a call sometime. I'll come and play some pedal steel for you." And he come and I sort of researched what he's done, and he's like, he's played Wembley Stadium, he's played for the Everly Brothers, he's played yeah. for like, <laughs> and I was like, that's unbelievable that yeah. someone of you know of that caliber has come up to me at the end of my show and gone, I really like what you do, I want to come play for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that, that's such a huge compliment for someone like for someone like that who's got that legacy and is playing, and he's honestly the most incredible musician. Like, yeah, so. Yeah, we just sort of got got talking, and uh, sort of he comes in and does uh, he does my sessions, he does other uh, other guys' sessions that I have in the studio as well. So yeah, you know, it was uh, it's, it's really great just to for, for as far as gigging and networking is concerned, just to get out and meet people because some of the people I've met have been so cool on this show. On this oh yeah, journey. And uh, well, what's coming next then? Because you know, the EP's been out for a little while now, and uh, you continuing with the promotion for that, or no, are you already? At the moment, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to sort of overegg the pudding because we've had three EPs in eighteen months is about right. Yeah, um, but also touring now is far. There's a lot more shows than there were when I was releasing record. You know, the sort of two EPs in six months. So yeah. the touring side of things is uh, a lot more full on. So yeah. obviously, you know, we, we're getting pretty much. You know, on average, two or three times a week at the moment, and obviously then we've got all the more festivals coming up. I mean, in September, I think we're in Scotland, Sweden, Blackpool. We've got the UK CMAs, and then we're off to Nashville. So, yeah. like, you know, that that's basically a, a, a little mini world tour. We won't quite brand it that yet, but <laughs> that's basically what we're doing. So, it's yeah, we're, we're sort of tour, touring all over the place. So that that is very physically demanding and tiring. But you know, whilst there's the demand to you know for the festivals yeah for us to play then obviously we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump on that you know i was just thinking life. um with all the different events that you're playing you know yeah. and you, you're saying it's not global but it's getting there <laughs> well it is pretty much i mean you know as, as if someone had told me you know last year that you know come september of this year you're going to be doing you know uk scotland award shows sweden and america in one month i'd be I bite their hand off. You yeah. Know? So yeah, no, it is. It is definitely getting there. You know, we got some, we got some uh, some really good support over in uh, over in Nashville as well from right. um, from a, uh, a label that we're working with. Yeah. Uh, called Southern Salt Records. So we're going to be doing some work with them whilst we're over there as well. Uh, I'm going to be doing some writers rounds as well. So yeah. we've got how many shows over there? Is it five, four, five shows over over in Nashville this Great. time. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the any artist who goes out there, that's the place to be. And if you're getting, uh, you know, sort of gigs and songwriter rounds, you know, that's yeah. uh, always a big bonus, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? massively so, massively so. We went over there last, last year and I did some recording with a guy called Billy Smiley, um, who's in, um, in a band with Dan Huff. So he's very, very much in the middle of the, uh, if anyone doesn't know, Dan Huff's probably like the producer in Nashville. Yeah. Um, does like all the Keith Urban records, Kane Brown, you name it. Um, but it's very nice to be in the middle of that and sort of I used it very much as a learning experience we got some great songs out of it yeah know, as well we did so we got you know I'd say everything was one of the songs that, that, that Billy contributed in a big way towards so we got a, a bunch of others who near enough got an album written over there right um, but obviously you know we just need to I just wanted to I want to take my time with Nashville because I want to learn it it's yeah. a different way of working it's a lot quicker yeah um, so like I walked in and he just like wrote up he's like right charted this out Nashville number system you've got three takes there you go 
you know right. what I mean like yeah. it's really quick and it's really brutal and if if you hang, hang around too long you will just literally di- disappear into the into yeah. the earth um, so just wanted to met some really cool session players um a guy called uh, Steve Brewster out there as well. Who played for sort of Brett Eldridge, um, and who else did he play for? Yeah, Dirk Bentley, Faith Hill, all those kind of names. So like the caliber of people that you're around is always going to make you better. Yeah, like you know the, the 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 idea for me wasn't to be able to come home and name drop. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Which is always nice, but it's yeah. not. It's the, my idea. You know, I wanted to be around people who have been there, done it at the yeah. very very highest level. Um, because that's always going to make me better because I knew I wasn't going to be as good as them. Yeah. You know, it kind of goes back to that idea of what I was saying in terms of bettering the quality of what we do in the UK. Yeah. Because th- the standard is so high in Nashville. You know, I, th- I think it's important to, to go over there anyway or, or sort of connect to some people mm. because that, that is where it sort of comes from. But, uh, you know, you can take all sorts from it and add it to what you're doing. Absolutely. Have you uh, worked with any of the songwriters out there? Because I know on a lot of songs out there, there, there's about four or five songwriting yeah, credits these are. days. Yeah, th- we're going to do that a lot more this time around, yeah. I think. So I think we've got songwriting sessions with with a, with a few cool people set uh, set up out, out out there, guys who have d- done really really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I won't name names because no pieces of paper signed, so I don't want to get in trouble. But <laughs> that's kind of yeah, that's. Uh, that's something that I really wanted to get out of this time. Yeah, go, go and do those sort of write, writing sessions with numerous people as well. Because again, I hadn't done the Nashville way of writing songs. Yeah, before you know, doing it in commercial studios and having a piece of paper in front of you from a, uh, you know a label or publishing company or whatever saying you need to write a song like this. That's one thing. But the way that it works in Nashville, it's uh, it's weird because it's it, it, it's more relaxed but it's more intense at the same time yeah. that sounds absolutely ridiculous but it's sort of you know you, you you have chats it's very open in that in that regard but at the same time it's like right we got three hours and we got to bust this out yeah. and also being an artist myself my approach is different than if I'm writing for other people there's yeah. a lot more pressure when you're doing it for yourself and yeah. you tend to overthink things a little bit more so you kind of got to get out of that yeah. idea of just being like right let's just write a really cool song and not think about the promotion or the you know radio play or all that side of things just let's write a song and hope it's good yeah i kind of had to learn that last time i was out there as well so yeah fingers crossed that it'll uh, work out nicely and i i just wanted to go back to uh, when you're performing live mm. because uh you got the material from your eps mm-hmm. and uh, what is there anything else you're throwing into the live performances yeah i've got i've got new songs um as well that i tend to put in that i haven't recorded so a lot of a few of those go into the set as well yeah um, and then obviously then we've got uh, a, f- a few a few covers that we put in as well so we did like Nashville Nights in London the other week yeah. and obviously they go to to listen to the uh, the uh, American bangers as it were right. so I kind of threw, threw a few of those in so we did a bit of Keith Urban we did a bit of uh, a bit of Cole Swindell and they uh, went mad for that so yeah. I try I try and mix it up with the uh with the with the modern covers that I know people are going to go for in the, yeah. in the context of the show that we're playing, it's different for every festival. Yeah, you know, every festival's got a different set list because you know the audience is always different. Sometimes they're re- you know like Nashville Nights for example was like a really rowdy crowd. Yeah, so I wanted to please keep the energy <laughs> up. Whereas you know if you get something that's more of a, like I played uh, FSA the other week and that was much more of a listening crowd. Yeah, so sort of played the the ballads and you know made a couple of people cry and all that kind of side right. of things. So you know your approach has got to be very different based yeah. on. 
the audience that you're playing to because you know if, if I went in and did all the the, the listening crying stuff at Nashville nights I think it would have sent everyone to sleep you know so, <laughs> especially after a few whiskeys so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there one that uh, you, you play uh, a little more often than the others or one that you, you, know, you really like to perform I have a few go-to's like I'll, I, I've got a few that I like to sort of that allow the set to flow yeah uh, obviously I do always try and play when I see you because that that was the that was the one that sort of you know when people have got behind a song and sent it to number one you kind of got yeah. to pay, pay them back that's it um, <laughs> you know with that one so um, and obviously it's up for we're up for song of the year with it as well so whilst the uh, the, the momentum's there kind of got to keep going with that one um, so and then obviously I mean my favourite song to play live is It Don't Work That Way Oh yeah, um, off the second EP, um, just because it's kind of got so much energy, and that's my favourite part of personally my favourite part of playing a live show. Yeah, is when I've got the band behind me, uh, we're rocking out, giving it socks, and everyone's, you know, because as a musician, when you play live, the thing that makes a show is the energy in the room. Yeah, whether that be whether whether that be rowdy energy, whether that be a sort of more emotive energy. Yeah, um, that's what's always going to determine the quality of a show. Yeah, um, so that's what I just feel that it don't work that way creates that more than more than anything. Um, it's what from the point when we first did it at, at that Buckle and Boot show I was telling you about. Yeah, literally, like we finished that very end of that song, and the crowd just like screamed for 30 seconds and like they made me cry and it was just but it was it was such a great feeling that, yeah. with that particular song when that happens because you go back mm-hmm. to when you're playing when you're busking and making oh, 32p yeah. on the street you know and then suddenly you've got that in front of you and it's just like it's two completely different oh, worlds yeah. and people obviously don't talk about that too too much the sort of the the, the hardship of when it does get does get difficult but when you get to those really great great moments and people are really sort of engaged in what you're doing then that that for me is worth it all oh yeah definitely yeah. Uh, one one last question if i could uh yeah. you, we touched on your influences as you were growing up yeah and we mentioned about some sort of covers of from different artists that you're throwing into your live performances yeah. but uh what what sort of things you're listening to at the moment and are there any artists you I, I guess brad paisley is still up there brad paisley is always going to be one for me Let, letter to me is the reason that i'm doing country music yeah uh, you know that that song is so beautifully written so cleverly written um that that i mean as far as writing and influences is concerned i'm very much influenced by writers as well as artists so but i mean um Matthew Ramsey from Old Dominion. I listen to his lyrics and I go, oh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. That's yeah. so clever, but so simple. You know, th- th- any anything that's sort of like emotionally relevant, he just finds like everyday things that are kind of, I don't even know what it was, you know. Even something like, you know, Hotel Key, for example. She took the Hotel Key, slipped in her back pocket, and it's kind of like, People have done that, yeah. There's loads of people that are going <laughs> to listen to that and relate to it. And when we yeah. saw them live, all the women are in the front row waving their <laughs> hotel keys. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's really clever at the same time. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I love Old Dominion. We're going to see them for, like, the fourth time, fifth time this year. Um, it's because I just, I love his writing. I, again, as a band, yeah. I, I love the, the way that, the, that it's all... Everything is sound simple, but as a collective, it's really not to get yeah. it as tight the way that they do it so Old Dominion for me I, I love Keith Urban and Sam Hunt for the same reason the fact that they do push the boundaries um, so, uh, so uh, again but more with production being a yeah. producer myself and owning a studio like I kind of think oh, that's really clever yeah you know you've done really well the sounds are really good on that you know so I, I love both of those in in, in that sense 
Um, and then, as far as sort of like more traditional stuff is concerned, like Keith Whitley's always massive influence yeah. for, for me. Um, again, because it's just so, it's so pure. Yeah, it's so honest. Um, and you just strip it back down to the to the basics of the songwriting. You listen to that song with an acoustic guitar, and it's going to be as good as the final produced version. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of feeling, a lot of emotion in uh, in those songs. Um, and then the other one is ma- main one for me is probably Rascal Flats because I just love Gary's voice. Oh yes. Um, I just it, technically, I mean, we saw we saw them at the Opry, and it was uh, an experience. Yeah. Just I just so he opened his mouth. I was like, oh, "How are you actually doing that?" It's, the, <laughs> it's t- t- technically the, the, the tone is just so superb. Yeah, that you know he, he found sounds like he's barely tickling it. You know, as yeah. a vocalist, um, and that, but it comes out of this. You know, as man in man in man in his fifties shouldn't really sound like that, <laughs> but some way somehow he man- manages to. Um, so yeah, that's sort of like all my influences for for different reasons. Yeah. I would say. Is there anything outside the country you're listening to as well? Um, yeah, there's a there's a really cool band called the Band Camino that I'm listening to a lot at the moment. They've just been assigned to Warner. They're actually based in Nashville. Oh and They yeah. write with um, a couple of the country acts. So Seth Ennis, I don't know if you've yeah, heard of them, yeah. They've um, they, they wrote some of their stuff with Seth Ennis. Um, so it's kind of like. If you take away all that, they kind of got like a, a synth pop, heavy guitar production going on. But if you yeah. try to strip it away, some of those songs could quite easily be country songs mm-hmm. if you had someone else singing it with a different production sort of uh, quality to it. So they're really great. I definitely mm-hmm. should check them out if you haven't. So that, that they're uh, one that's uh, yeah regularly on my uh, on my uh, Apple Music. I'm, I'm just thinking there, Seth Ennis. He might have been supporting Little Big Town. Yes, he did it, in he Bristol. Did. He did in your yeah. your area because yeah. I went down there for that gig. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, he's great. He's a really nice guy. I met him at, um, at C to C one time. I actually just I was like, yeah, I'm a songwriter, and he was really helpful. And I yeah. chatted to him on Facebook for a little bit. Um, again, sort of just trying to sort of get the scoop on it. All. Yeah, because um, that, that was before I'd even started anything. So uh, but no, he's a really really cool guy. Yeah. I loved his music as well. Well, it's been great speaking to you no, and, no, uh, you know, really great. enjoying the music and thanks for performing the live songs no as well. Sounded pleasure. great. And uh, just let us know then uh, one or two things. You've got a lot of gigs coming up, so yeah. maybe if you want to mention one or two of them and also, you know, social media accounts, how to stay in touch, how, how can people find the music and everything? Yeah, so, I mean, so the social media handle across uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram is at Danny McMahon UK. Uh, obviously, McMahon is M C M A H O N because it does cause a lot of confusion sometimes. So that's Danny McMahon UK on the social media handles. Uh, everything's available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, other streaming services are available. Yeah. Um, There's so many at the moment. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're all, all, all across there. Um, and in terms of shows that are coming up at the moment. I'll try not to miss too much here. We've got so we've got. Um, I'm doing a writers round in Leeds with Whiskey Kisses right uh, on the 22nd of August. Then we've got uh, Milk. We're playing Millport Festival in Scotland on the 1st of September. Yeah. Um, then we've got. We're going to Sweden for Live at Heart Festival after yeah. that in Erebro. Um, then we are going to the British Country Music Festival. So yeah. We're playing on the Friday night there um, on the 13th of September following night is the British Country Music Awards so playing there and tickets still available for that that's on the 14th 
and then uh, we are off to Nashville on the 16th and then playing shows over there so uh, excellent most relaxed one really that's uh, <laughs> quite quite a variety and a n- nice nice way forward there really yes so. it's, it's, it's an exciting month coming up for sure yeah that's excellent so I wish you all the best thank you fella with the gigs and the music we'll keep a look out for more keep playing the tracks Thanks. and uh, hopefully catch up again soon nice one thanks for having me yeah thanks a lot remember when this house was made for us and everything I had I gave it up Got your tattoo on my shoulder But every day that we grew older I could tell you loved me a little less I can't fight it That don't mean that I like it I can't fight you moving on to someone We went from living on your lips Trying to kiss your mouth To find another spot in another town Sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone Remember every little spot, every little song Screaming out the words till it's getting on No, oh, oh, girl We get worked by everything Everything, everything, everything Everything, everything, everything Everything, everything, you are by everything. Driving by the pub where we first met, you spilled the coffee on my lap. We looked into your eyes, we danced until the night, laughed until we cried. I don't have that anymore. Song kicks in again. We went from living on your lips, trying to kiss your mouth, to find another spot in another town. Sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone. Remember every little spot, every little song, screaming out the words till it's getting on. No, oh, oh girl, we give up by everything, 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 everything. Another man's car and had a gig here. Someone tell me we went from living on your lips, trying to kiss some bats, find another spot in another town. Sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, yeah, we went from living on your lips, trying to kiss some bats, find another spot in another town. Sometimes you don't know what you got till it's gone. Remember every little spot, every little song, screaming out the words till it's getting on. No, oh, oh girl, when you were by everything, 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 
you were my everything. 